0: Welcome to the Fern Podcast, as the season turns. Released on the first of the month, each episode will be following the changing landscape of the seasons, from the moon and the stars, to the tides and the trees. I'm Leah Landers, author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide, and this podcast is created by Fern, makers of small batch organic perfume who blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you to settle deeper into the seasons. November is the month in which we fight the encroaching dark with light on Guy Fawkes Night and at Samhain. November festivals centred around light, sparks, and fire. A drift of wood smoke and the occasional tang of sulphur is the scent of November. These festivals have a secondary focus on sweet treats, bonfire night parkins, cinder toffee, and toffee apples, soul cakes at Sawin, as if our ancestors knew that the fire battles were all very well, but the true way to make it through winter is by comfort eating. The old Anglo-Saxon name for the month was Blotmonath, blood month, as this was the traditional time to slaughter animals and preserve meat, to save the expense of having to keep animals through winter, and to make the most of a summer and autumn of fattening up. This lent itself to hearty feasting, and November has always been a bountiful month, despite and because of the increasing cold. It can also be a beautiful month, as the fiery final trees flame with colour in the pale sunlight. Or it can be as bare as January if a big storm has blown all the last leaves away. After a storm, we see the stems for the first time. Purples, oranges, yellows and whites. Old man's beard seeds open now to reveal the fluffy insides that give them their name. And caught by low winter sunlight, They look like strings of fairy lights hung out across the nearly bare hedgerows. It is a month for finding warmth and light wherever you can find it. The oak tree in November. By November, our oak trees leaves are really on the turn the withdrawal of their green chlorophyll revealing a pleasant, nutty, tan colour. The oak is not the most spectacular of our autumn trees, but it is one of the last to drop its leaves, bringing texture and body to the canopy, even as its fellows stand bare. Likely sometime this month, the ground beneath the oak will become littered with scalloped leaves, layered crisply at first, and then, after rain and frost, beginning to blur at the edges. Frost slips into a leaf's cells, the crystals starting to break them down so that the leaf becomes mushy and indistinct. Millipedes feast on this mess, creating holes for fungi and other microbes to have their turn. The softened leaf is pulled underground by worms, where it is broken down further, its nutrients reabsorbed by the trees above. The tannins that protected the tree from insects earlier in the year increase the level of nitrogen in the soil, an important fertiliser for plant life. Leaf litter is free fertiliser, a new layer of soil slowly sinking into the land. If you can bear it, don't rake up your leaves this autumn, or at least pile them up into a heap. Let the process of decay continue. It will lead to new life in spring. Bird of the Month, Starling. This is the month to see starlings in all their glory. A murmuration, from a medieval Latin word meaning murmuring or grumbling of starlings, is one of the wonders of the natural world a mass of swooping and swirling birds that blackens the sky, and they start appearing this month. During the winter, starlings have daytime roosts in high perches where they can see all around for predators, but at night they gather in huge numbers to roost in areas with plentiful supplies of food. Before they settle for the night, they set off in their great swooping clouds, moving almost as one, like a shoal of fish, creating huge columns, swirls and twists in the sky. Scientists have discovered that each bird in the murmuration tracks the seven birds closest to it and copies their movements. And this is why we see a sort of ripple of movement through them in the winter dusk sky. Inside the beehive in November, bee activity is starting to close down as the nights lengthen and the weather cools and the bees rarely leave the hive. They must fill their stomachs with honey from their stored supplies in order to keep their body temperature up and any foray outside will require more fuel. It is better to sit tight. Bees will naturally die through the winter and as colonies get smaller they can be at great risk from harsh conditions. But strong colonies containing plenty of bees and a young queen can withstand a very harsh winter. They may even raise a small brood when the weather is mild, though mostly the queen will take a rest now and conserve her own energy. In season... In the hedgerows, woods, and fields. Chickweed, hairy bittercress, dandelion leaves, sow thistle, wintercress, sorrel, bullis, crabapple, haws, juniper berries, rose hips, rowan berries, sloes, sweet chestnuts, walnuts, wild damson. Seps, chanterelles, field mushrooms, horse mushrooms, common puffballs, parasols, shaggy ink caps. From the seashore and rivers, black bream, herring, oysters, turbot, mussels, brill, sardine, skate, clams, mussels. From the kitchen garden, Jerusalem artichokes, cabbages, cardoon, carrots, celery, celeriac, chard, chicory, endive, kale, leeks, lettuce, onions, spring onions, shallots, oriental leaves, Parsnips. Potatoes. Pumpkins. Winter squash. Salsify. Scotsonera. Spinach. Swede. Turnips. Quinces. Medlars. Pears. Chervil. Parsley. Coriander. Sage. Rosemary. And bay. And traditional imports. Vacherin mont d'Or. Beaujolais Nouveau. Truffles. Cranberries. Satsumas. Clementines pomegranates bridgewater carts and Guy Fawkes the West Country winter carnivals some communities mark Guy Fawkes night with particular gusto and the towns and villages of Somerset and the West Country are among them like the rest of the country Bridgewater has celebrated Guy Fawkes Night since 1606, but its celebrations have evolved in entirely their own bizarre direction. The West Country Winter Carnival tradition comprises brightly lit floats, known as carts, parading through the chilly night streets to crowds of up to 150,000 in Bridgewater itself, Carnival epicentre. Somerset's historic embrace of Guy Fawkes Night holds clues to the nationwide endurance of this celebration of capture and torture. Crucially, the gunpowder plot to blow up the Palace of Westminster and assassinate King James I was a plan by Catholic conspirators in reaction to Catholic persecution. Somerset was staunchly Protestant and anti-Catholic and had its own Catholic bogeyman in the form of Robert Persons, born at Stowey near Bridgewater. Persons was an influential Jesuit priest involved in attempts to put a Catholic back on the throne. His birthplace's proximity may explain the glee with which the town came to celebrate the failure. The observance of the 5th of November Act was passed in January 1606, a day to celebrate the saving of the life of the king. In that year, Bridgewater lit a bonfire, and over the years, gangs began using farm carts to bring effigies of the villains to the fire, the ritualised mob lynching with which we are all familiar. This started the tradition of procession, which evolved into ever bigger, brighter carts. Now almost no fire is involved, and it is not unusual for a cart to cost upwards of £20,000 to create. It may have had a dark start, but the religious origins of the Bridgewater Carnival have almost been forgotten. It is now a chance to see things like the Great Gatsby, recreated in light bulbs, complete with high-kicking girls in flapper dresses, with not a hint of anti-Catholic gloating in sight. Garden Task Plant Tulips Tulips are wonderfully forgiving of the tardy gardener as they need to be planted late in the year, well after all of the other bulbs. There is zero skill needed to create an amazing late spring display with them. All the hard work in building up the bulb has been done for you by the bulb grower and all you have to do is pop them into the ground. Plant tulip bulbs at three times their own length, in pots or in the soil. Here are some ways to plant them. Alongside wallflowers. This is an old-fashioned combination, but is a classic for a reason. As wallflowers are planted at the same time, find them as bare-root plants in garden centres now, flower at the same time, and create a fuzz of flowers for tulips to rise grandly up through. Or dot them in among existing shrubs and perennials. This can work really beautifully particularly where young plant growth is emerging and where you have pretty and frothy spring plants, such as forget-me-not and alchemilla mollets. Or, mass them together in pots, or if you're feeling really flash, along pathway edges. You need to use plenty to do this approach justice, big and bold. The benefit with pots is that you can fling them into centre stage when they are looking perfect, then tuck them out of sight as they fade. Or you can naturalise species tulips in grass for a jewelled lawn. Red tulipa sprengeri and yellow tulipa sylvestris are the ones to try in a patch of sunny grass. Names for November's full moon. Darkest depths moon. Morning moon. As we tip further away from the sun, The nights lengthen and turn colder, and frosts become increasingly likely. There is every chance that the light from November's full moon on the 8th will fall upon a gently glittering countryside. In gardens, the cells within tender plants are frozen stiff to collapse into mush when the morning thaw comes, and those leaves that haven't yet fallen from the trees take these frosts as their final sign to shed their chlorophyll and let their golds and reds shine through, before falling to the ground. The name, Darkest Depths Moon, is a nice case of stating the obvious, albeit poetically. We are nearly at the very darkest point in the year, and the nights are long and cold, clearly pointing this out once felt pretty important morning moon is something of a puzzle. Perhaps this was connected to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, or the Christian All Souls Day, both of which have at their hearts a commemoration of those who have passed away. Or perhaps it is a sad farewell to the growing year as we reach the end of harvest. Peaks at the dark side of the moon, lunar libration, The moon makes one rotation on its axis for every orbit it makes of the earth so we are always looking at one side of it and never at the so-called dark side of the moon. But that is not quite the full story. We actually do see a little more of it 59% of it over the course of the year by peeking around its corners. Some of this happens daily or nightly As our position on the Earth moves from one side to the other, we can see a little more around each side. Some is monthly, its orbit is variable, and sometimes our rotation pulls slightly ahead of it, allowing a glance to its front, and sometimes it lags behind. Finally, there are seasonal changes. Just like the Earth, the Moon has seasons, and it tips on its axis, and so sometimes we can see sneaky peaks beyond the bottom, and sometimes beyond the top. During the course of November, day length decreases by 1 hour and 54 minutes to 7 hours and 9 minutes in Inverness, and by 1 hour and 23 minutes to 8 hours and 22 minutes in Padstow. Average sea temperature this month in Orkney, it's 10.9 degrees Celsius. And in Penzance, it's 13.3 degrees Celsius. Ritual for November. We've set many intentions this year, puzzled out problems and engaged in meditation. It's been lovely. Thank you for joining me. But for November's ritual, let's do away with all of that. What we need at this time of year, as we approach the winter solstice and the dark, is a little fun. This month's ritual is a leaf ritual. It's very flexible, so please feel free to adapt it as you wish, and it's a good one to do with friends or little ones. November is the month of falling leaves. Go outside and kick them up with your boots, jump into drifts of them, crumple them up with your hands, Enjoy their colours, their scents and textures. The countryside is aglow. Go out into the woods, your garden or your local park with a basket. Wander from tree to tree and select the most interesting leaves. Take some time to feel out the shape of each one, its delicate contours, before placing it in your basket. Once you are home with your leaves, spread them out. Admire their patterns and shapes and colours. Notice how they look alongside one another. If you like, look up each tree and learn about it. It's up to you what you do with your leaves now. You could stick them onto paper with a little brown tape, sew them into a garland or peg them onto a string above your window or mantelpiece. Put your collection somewhere prominent and let it serve as a reminder to you of the colour November can bring. At the end of November, complete your ritual. Take your leaves and give them back to nature. Throw them on the fire or, for a slower ending, scatter them where you found them or onto a heap. You could even make a special bonfire for them and enjoy watching them catch a light. In the Fern Studio This month, in Fern Somerset Studio, the team is enjoying a very busy period indeed. The headline is in London's Soho, where the first ever Fern store will be opening in mid-November. If you find yourself near Liberty, do stop by 23 Beak Street to say hello. Mention the password, November, and we may have a little surprise for all our podcast listeners. Meanwhile, the very first bottles of Winter 23 are being decanted for release on the winter solstice. Winter 23 is Fern's first interpretation of a colour, the myriad greens of winter. It is an ethereal, evolving scent that speaks to the magic of winter. Sign up now and you may just be in time to receive your very own bottle. And should you be looking for a unique gift this wintertime, Fern has a new offering. You can now purchase a Solstice or Equinox gift membership for family and friends. Over the coming year, they will receive two bottles at either the Solstices or Equinoxes, and a beautiful print by artist Helen Cann, who was the illustrator for my 2021 almanac. Visit fern.co slash gifts to find out more. And my latest almanac for 2023, with a theme of the Solar System and Zodiac, Is also available now and makes a very neat stocking filler. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac A Seasonal Guide to 2022 also available as an audiobook. This podcast has been created by Fern. Fern is an organic fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern Production Ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fairn.org. Fern.co